What is up, everybody, to the nations worldwide? This is the Travel Couple Podcast, where we introduce you to couple travelers who offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money, living that digital nomad lifestyle. We are your hosts, Mike Pletz and Natalie. Tune in every Wednesday as we interview couples living a digital nomad lifestyle, traveling the world while earning an income. Get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other and listen how others are struggling and thriving in their personal and business lives while traveling the world. This is your one-stop podcast for travel, relationship, and business goals. This week, we are starting our Travel Couple Book Club. Every other week, we will be featuring a book that follows the themes of our podcast, which are travel, relationships, and business. If you want to follow along, go to our website at www.travelcouplepodcast.com and join the list. In today's episode, we talk with American travel couple Matt and Marilyn of Words with Winos. They talk with us about their travel blog and podcast, Teaching Abroad, and their adventures together. So without further ado, here's our interview with Matt and Marilyn. Today we are joined by Matt and Marilyn of Words with Winos. They're an American couple who run a travel blog and podcast. On their podcast, they drink a bottle of wine while discussing travel-related topics. You can find them traveling the world at wordswithwinos.com. Hello, Words with Winos, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're very excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you guys here. So let's just get started by getting to know the two of you a bit more. How did the two of you meet? Uh, so actually, we met in college. His sister just became friends with my roommate, and then he just came over with all of his friends with her, and then um, eventually, you know, we started hanging out, and that was it. Nothing too insane. <laughs> nice. And then uh, how did the relationships relationship start to blossom from there? Uh, well, we started dating senior year of college, and we got really close, and then Unfortunately, like school ended and that was it. We were done with school and we had to go home. And she was, she is not from where I'm from. I'm from New York City. She's from an hour and a half above New York, New York City. So we were only seeing each other like on weekends or like every other weekend. And eventually we decided to start traveling the world. So that's kind of where I think our relationship really, really blossomed because we've been living together. We've only been dating for a year, but we started living together, traveling the world for the last four years now. So, yeah. Wow, yeah. very nice. And mm -hmm. okay, so um, from there, uh, where do you guys see yourselves uh, going in the next uh, little while? So you guys have been dating for a bit. Uh, are you guys going to come, like, where's your home base is basically what I'm getting at. And where do you plan on traveling for the next few years? That's a good question. We kind of change our home bases all the time. Currently, our home base is in Prague in the Czech Republic. That's where we are right now. Um, but within the next few months, our visa is actually going to expire here. So we're kind of trying to figure out exactly where our home base will be next. Our main goal is to go to China and spend uh, maybe about a year there. 
book because we were in Asia for quite some time, like three years before this, and we miss it there. And we've never been to China, so we thought, why not? So hopefully that will be our next home base. Awesome. So when I talked to you before, you guys said you did a little bit of teaching in uh, Asia. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Nice. And where did you guys do that? We first taught in Thailand, which was actually the first place we ever travel to internationally. Mm -hmm. So we lived there for about six months and taught English. Then we went to South Korea and taught English there for about six months. And then we moved to Vietnam. And I actually taught there for about a month. And because um, then we got our online English teaching jobs. Yep. And we just did that and have been doing that for two years now. So yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. It's such a great way to, to get to see that side of the world and really become immersed in that culture. That's actually something that I did, too. I, I taught in South Korea for a few years, and it was an awesome experience. So uh, I'm going to jump into our part about travel here, and I like to open up this part by asking the same question to every travel couple. It's a two-word question, and to many, it's got such a complex answer, and that is, why travel? Whoa, two words, and they're so complex to answer. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we have so many reasons yeah. to travel. I mean, I could go on about it forever, pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, but we, I guess we started traveling because we didn't want anything to do with the typical nine-to-five career life that uh, is, you know, expected of us in America, where we're from. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of were like, we want to see the world. We want to see what other cultures are like other countries we want to learn different languages we want to you know just experience a different life than what we're used to and I mean there are so many other reasons too but I guess that's what I would say what about you Matt yeah I, I totally agree that's definitely one of the main reasons I just think like in school I always had like, jobs while in college like I had nine to five jobs in the summer and I hated them I thought this is it like after school I'm gonna have to sit in an office and just talk to a computer for nine hours a day and I, I just didn't like where my life was going and that's really where it was gonna lead to because it's not like I really had a passion for anything else uh, like people go to school to become teachers or they become school to be doctors and all these jobs but I just had a a typical uh, communications degree, which is just really broad, and there's really nothing specific you do with that. You really just, it's pretty much office jobs, things like that. And I didn't really like where my life was heading. And that final year of school, I just was doing research on how to travel the world. And the first thing, the easiest thing that came up was teach English. If you have a degree in anything and you're from an English speaking country, you can teach English in a lot of, uh, in a lot of countries throughout the world. So, I said to myself, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to do after I graduate school. I'm going to travel the world. And we've been addicted to it for the last four years and we don't ever see ourselves stopping. I mean, it's, it's our lives now. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really great. So, uh, having traveled to so many places together, let's start with where were the two of you last? Where are you now? And where are you traveling to next? Good question. Um, <laughs> so, before we came, well, we were in Prague for the last year on and off. We, it is our home base, but it's not like we're here all the time. We go 
to different countries. We sometimes we went home for the holidays and we bounced around a lot. So before Prague, we were actually in Norway for four days in Bergen, Norway, um, because New York had actually a few cities in America have really good deals to this, the second biggest city in Norway, it's Bergen, Norway. And we thought, what the hell? Before we go back to Prague, let's make a pit stop in Norway. And we did it and it was incredible. So we we're there for four days. Now we're in Prague. And next, that's a good question. We don't have a specific destination in mind right now, right? Do we? Well, <laughs> we've been talking about it, but we haven't made like concrete plans, but we're most likely going to backpack through Eastern Europe in the summer, like in June slash July or somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And we're going to try and hit as many countries there as we possibly can, because we haven't really explored Europe as much as we have wanted to, unfortunately, while living in Prague. But, um, you know, it's so cheap in Eastern Europe. We're like, let's let's just go. We got to go while we're here. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much our next plan of action. Nice. Yeah, I, we were actually planning like a road trip through Eastern Europe because there's so many countries there that are nice and tight together. We wanted to see as much as we could. We ended up not going ahead with it. But do you guys have a, a particular country over there that you want to see for sure? Ooh. I mean, there are so many. I am very particular on going to Montenegro. I've heard that it's just so beautiful and cheap and historical and like it's so underrated. Not a lot of people talk about it. So I really want to go there. Um, we also we already kind of went to Croatia, but I would like to go there again. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to go to Estonia, yep. uh, Latvia. There's so many. But what about you, Matt? No, I don't really have any particular <laughs> country in, in mind. I'm just excited to see what they all have to offer because I don't know. To be honest, I don't really know too much about them. And that's what I love about traveling. I'm just going to go there and find out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good nice. point. Yeah. And you guys, sorry, you said you went, you went to Norway as well? Yeah, that's where we were about three weeks ago awesome. for four, four days. <laughs> and what did you get up to while you were there? Uh, so we rented an Airbnb in Bergen, Norway, and it was incredible. We really didn't have much expectations. We kind of just, it was just a stopover before we went to Prague because of how cheap the flight was, but it was incredible. Like we went on this cruise, uh, to the fjords in Norway and it's just like these icy mountains. Like what is it from the ice age or something? Yeah. And they told us, yeah, yeah it was just, we, we had no idea. We really just went like complete. Like, with complete ignorance of the city, just, oh, we're going to go and explore and eat. But we didn't really look up what to do and until we got there, and it just turned out to be an incredible city and such a fun place. That can always be a fun way to travel, whether it's it's to a city or to a specific area where you go there without expecting anything. And then when when you run into something so amazing, it just blows your mind. And that, that's really cool. Like yeah, a- I totally agree. Yeah. That kind of those kind of adventures turn out to be like the best adventures. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree anymore. So, yeah. um, how about traveling together? What has been your most rewarding traveling experience? Do you mean like the most rewarding traveling experience that we've had together? Yeah, together. Okay, I think for me personally would be when we backpacked through Vietnam. We lived in Vietnam for seven months, and for one of those months, uh, give or take, like seven, well, 17 days, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 17 days, we backpacked from Ho Chi Minh City all the way up to Hanoi, yeah. and we took like buses and stuff, 
And that was, that totally like blew my mind. And I thought I had an incredible time with Matt too. I mean, if I had gone by myself, I personally would have been terrified because I'm a big baby, but because (laughs) I had him with me, it was an incredible experience. And we got to experience this incredible country together. And we got to see sand dunes, beautiful oceans, gorgeous mountains and you know uh get to meet all these incredible people and it was one of i think one of my favorite travel experiences yet nice yeah that sounds like an awesome experience was it was it the sense of accomplishment of being able to do that together was that the most rewarding part or was it meeting those people along the way kind of both like the whole experience itself was rewarding and the fact that we were able to be in such close quarters with each other constantly and looking up google maps and getting around together and not killing each other uh, was also very rewarding (laughs) very good awesome so getting into this next segment we're going to talk about your most awkward embarrassing or hilarious travel experience together Yes, I'm very excited, but I want Matt to tell this story. Which, which one? Okay. So. <laughs> this is a little little gruesome, but it's good. Okay. Yeah, so in when we were backpacking through Vietnam, uh, you know, we were eating some suspicious food sometimes. Uh, the, we were in some rural areas kind of being um, fed by our hosts whoever we were staying with, they were giving us meals. So we were just eating everything, being polite. So our stomachs weren't so great the entire trip. We had like some uh, Imodium, like anti-diarrhea medicine with us and also things like that while we were on our journey. So at one point we were on a boat in Ninh Binh, Vietnam. It's like like a canoe in in this uh, nature-esque part of the city. Not the city. It's not a city. It's more of a rural part of Vietnam, and it has like all these mountains surrounded by it. And we were in the canoe, and it was me, Marilyn, and some woman who was paddling with the canoe with her feet. Yeah, with her feet. <laughs> with by her the feet. way, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we're going through the. The river. Yeah. yeah. The river. Is that what it was? So um, all of a sudden, my stomach just was not feeling right at all. It, there, I, I had to go to the bathroom like yep. really badly. It was, it was so sudden. There was no like, oh, I could wait another 20, 30 minutes until we're back. Yep. No, we were in the middle of the river in a canoe with nothing but us three. Yeah. And there weren't really many people around at all either in other canoes or anything. Right. It was uh, crazy. And I told Marilyn, I, I have to go to the bathroom. Like I'm, I'm going to sh- either <laughs> in this canoe or, or on the side into the water. So we told the woman and she kindly pulled over and it was really strange. So she pulls over like into the woods and there's like this little shack in the woods. Like it's half broken down, half built up shack. And I run over to the shack to kind of get some privacy, even though no one was anywhere. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a toilet in, in the shack. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in the shack where in the middle of the woods and I, I did what I had to do and I moved on, but it, it was, it was a crazy experience because if that toilet wasn't there, I would have had explosive diarrhea. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All for the sure. So yeah, it was just, it was a mess. It was so embarrassing because I mean, this woman clearly knew what was going on. I, I just felt. Yeah. Terrible because I just like was ruining everyone's time, but you know, yeah, it happens <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And I think coming to that shack and opening the door and seeing that toilet that must have been uh, one of the best things to see in that situation because it could have been so much worse to open that door. 
and not see a toilet there. So. It, I, like it's it's something like you see in a movie. Like it like doesn't. It's very angelic, probably. Yeah, yes, I exactly. can't believe that there was a toilet available. And it, and it wasn't even a squatter toilet like they have so much in Asia, right? It was exactly. a, like a westernized yeah, yeah. toilet, like just what in the middle of the jungle, nowhere, Ninh Binh, Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Awesome. Okay, so then we're going to turn this a, another direction and ask, what has been your worst travel experience together? Hmm. Actually, I think it would be when we taught English in South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you said that you loved your time in South Korea, yep. but unfortunately we hated our time in South Korea. Love we that. love South Korea. Like South yep. Korea is an amazing place. One of our favorite places in the world. Seoul is like our favorite city ever. Yep. So it holds a special place in our hearts. But the job that we had was just horrible. Gotcha. We worked at uh, Hagwon, which is like a private institution for, you know, after school for students to go to yep. and, uh, you know, for learning English mainly. Um, and, you know, we worked this hogwan and our boss was just tyrannical and she would just say things to us that was just abhorrent. Like she literally told Matt to his face, I hate you. She just really? said, I hate you and would just badger us. And I mean, she also embarrassed him in front of one of his classes once, just like throwing books at him, saying like he didn't do something, but then he actually did do it, and then she looked stupid and then stormed out of the room. And it was just like things like that that would happen daily. And we just were like fed up with it. We couldn't do it. We're like, we can't do this anymore. Like this woman's terrible, especially to Matt. She was bad to me, but she was really bad to Matt. Right. And we ended up doing the very infamous midnight run <laughs> because if you – and I'll explain that in a second. But if you quit your teaching English job in South Korea, you almost can never find another job there. They will not hire you. You can only get rehired by somebody else if you are fired, which is also confusing. Why does that make, doesn't make any sense? Anyway, um, so we did a midnight run, which is basically where we don't tell anyone that we're leaving the country. We just go and leave the country like in the middle of the night, kind of. Yeah. So yeah, that was probably our worst experience together. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was an absolute like last resort. It's not like we're, yeah. we're bad people. We we loved Korea. We we really like we had so many friends there. We loved everything about it. But it, it was getting to a point where I, I was I was it was especially me. I was yeah. getting treated like crap. Like yep. like Marilyn said, I was my boss. She hates me throwing physically throwing books at me. It was just it was out of hand. And we we fought for months. Like all right, like we could pull through. Maybe things will get better. And it, they just got worse at the end. Actually, they just kept getting worse and. Right. It got to a point where we just were like, screw it. Like, we're going to screw over a lot of people. We're going to screw over the school. Our friends probably will be pretty pissed off. But we had to do what we had to do. We couldn't six months the way we were being treated. And on top of that, we didn't even have, like, any breaks most days. Like, we would work from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. and maybe, maybe get one half hour break out of that or something like that each day. And like that wears you down after a while. It's just constant working, working and then being yelled at by your boss constantly. And then it just kind of gets to you. You're just like, I hate myself. I hate my life. I hate everyone. And then you just kind of find yourself in a place that you don't want to be, especially when you're traveling the world. And that's the opposite of the goal you have. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was definitely uh Definitely a struggle. Yeah, so that that's a really good um, thing to bring up because I, I really do uh, think that teaching overseas or using your skills in some sense to work abroad is a great way to travel. 
And like I said, I did that in South Korea, as did you guys. We, we taught overseas, but there's also a whole other side to this where, and you can research this online if you're interested in teaching overseas, that it's hit and miss. Some jobs are really good and some jobs are really, really bad. So just taking uh, your guys' experience, was there any red flags that came up that you look back on now that you said maybe we shouldn't have taken that job? And this was a red flag that came up before we left for it or anything that any any sort of advice that you can give our audience about um, when they're in that interview process for a job overseas that, you know what, maybe this isn't the right job. Yeah, I think that our biggest thing was that we kind of rushed into this job. We were at a point where we were in America and we didn't really know what we were doing with our lives. We actually moved. We're from New York. We moved to California to take a job. We realized this isn't for us. So in we need we had like one month to find a job in South Korea. And we kind of just took like the first or second thing we found. And I think we definitely rushed into it. I would say take your time. Don't don't. Like, hear a few people out. Try to find out as much as you can about the school. Ask to speak to people who work at the school already. Like make sure you speak to people and they tell you, like, what's really going on there. Because, actually, we we did speak to people. And later on, we were told that the boss was actually standing right next to them. And everything they were telling us was actually a lie. Know, a lie, <laughs> just just because she was watching them. And it really, like, we didn't know. We were ignorant. Like, I actually read online, like, the... A lot of hogwans in Korea, like they screw you over. Sometimes they don't give you the accommodation they promised or the salary or they just don't treat you really well. And we both say like, yeah, that's never going to happen to us because honestly, we've been pretty lucky. Like things, negative things do happen to us, but it's never that bad. And it did happen to us and, and it really sucked. And you can avoid it if you really do your research and just take your time. Don't don't rush into anything. It's It's really not worth it. Definitely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Just uh, I was in the same situation where um, and I was lucky, uh, maybe because I, I went to a, a bigger school and they had a bit more uh, establishment behind them. But there are those horror stories of, you know, the school shutting down while you're working there and all of a sudden you're out of a job and in a foreign country that you don't know or uh, or your guy's situation where your boss is not the best at all, like anywhere near <laughs> So, uh, yeah, great advice, guys, and, and something that uh, our listeners can really take away if they are planning to teach abroad or even work abroad, to take their time and find that right job. That was excellent. So, uh, taking your travels together, and especially your experiences that you've had together, uh, how do you feel travel has affected your relationship? I think that traveling has made us a lot closer and really learn like almost everything about each other. And I, I always feel that people who are in relationships that don't travel uh, don't really know what each other that well unless, until they travel. Right. Because for example, like with Matt and I, we were together for about a year before we started traveling. And you know, we knew each other and we did spend a good amount of time to with each other in college. But it wasn't until we moved to Thailand and lived together 24-7 for six months that we got to know each other and really learn everything about it, all of our quirks and what we like about each other, what we may not be big fans of for each other, too. Um, I think that just makes the relationship stronger overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, 
I definitely think traveling and living together really makes it makes our relationship stronger because you really don't know a person until you spend you're like 24 seven with them. You really, you really don't. Um, because I mean, I know a lot of people who meet people and they maybe marry someone and, and I, I don't know. I feel like you really have to like settle. You really have to live together and spend a ton of time to really get to know each other. And I think that's, we, we learned like, okay, we can deal with each other. We like each other all the time. Not just like when we see each other, maybe on the weekends or, or a few times a week, we know we can handle each other. We really like each other being around each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. That that time that you spend together traveling, and especially the the challenges like you talked about when you guys were teaching, those those things that you go through together really help shape your relationship and really help build the two of you up, which is awesome. Um, how about when planning a trip? Do you guys have certain tasks that you assign to one another? Uh, how do you guys go about planning a trip? Absolutely. We we really do. We didn't like plan these assignments, but they kind of just happen more naturally. But normally I will like communicate with the like I will we usually book Airbnbs. So I'll book the Airbnb, book the flights and kind of communicate with the host and figure everything out beforehand. But then once we get to the place, Marilyn is kind of in charge. Like she's good with um, maps and directing us places because I, I even in America, even in New York where I'm from, I, I'm really bad at directions, finding out how to get places. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in a foreign country in there where the language is uh, different, where the directions are, you know, maybe not so clear. You're yeah. not used to the transportation or anything. That's where Marilyn really takes over. And I kind of just stand behind her and, and follow behind, follow behind. And she really <laughs> does the, everything once we're there, but I usually do everything beforehand. Gotcha. Nice. How about uh, your mode of transportation when you're somewhere else? Do you guys uh, opt to use public transportation? Do you guys rent any vehicles? How do you go about transportation? Most of the time we take public transportation. So like our favorite mode of transportation is trains. We love trains. They're so smooth and just you can see so much and it's just amazing. Um, but then sometimes we'll take buses and, you know, just happens that way because they're so cheap and convenient but so long. Um, so, you know, we take trains, buses, planes, of course, obviously. Um, and when we're in like a city and we want to get place to place and like the pu- public transportation is closed, we'll take Ubers. Yep. And honestly, taxis are like our last option. We don't really like taking taxis because most of the places we've ever gone, they rip you off or take advantage of you. And I really hate that. So we try and dodge that. Um, but also we have rented cars. Actually, we were actually in Ireland and we rented a car when Matt and I went there with our friend and it was the most amazing experience we've ever had. We loved Ireland and we loved that we were able to control when and where we were going and we could just stop when we wanted to. So that was an awesome experience. Um, yeah, so that was the one time we rented a car and we hope to do it again soon. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, w- before we had that road trip around Ireland, we only took buses. And after that that road trip, it's like so hard to go back to buses because it was just so convenient to just wake up whenever we wanted, not have to worry about when a bus is leaving, not have to worry about how long it'll take, if if things will go smoothly. So I would recommend if you're in a country where like the driving is safe and, and it's kind of 
um, up to your speed, like maybe not driving in India or something. Right. But there are certain countries where definitely rent a car if you can, because it's it's actually a, it kind of equals out in price because we split it between three people, and it was like three to four hundred dollars. But just taking public transportation around Ireland, which is a relatively expensive country, could equal that, and it's just you know convenient and more fun that way, more freedom. Definitely. Yeah, definitely the freedom part of it and being able to stop whenever you want is definitely up there for being able to rent a car and using that as your transportation for sure. So what about your favorite destination that you two have been to together that you'd recommend to other couples? Ooh, <laughs> that's that's rough. Um, yeah, uh, so like living wise, because like like we said earlier, we have had quite a lot of home bases throughout the world so far. Like I would consider maybe over three months living somewhere. So I would say living my favorite place has been Prague so far, which we are currently. Uh, I think it's just super convenient. Uh, it's beautiful. Like the the buildings, the streets, just everything about it. It's really affordable too. Like we're in Europe which is an expensive continent, but it's super affordable here in the Czech Republic compared to like Italy and Spain and Ireland and countries like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely um, Prague and the Czech Republic is my favorite place to live, to visit hmm, offhand. I honestly, I think Ireland was one of my favorite places in the world so far. Like off the top of my head, like if I sat down and maybe figured this out for a few hours, I'll, I'd have a different answer. But off the top of my head, definitely Ireland just because of the freedom we had, everyone was so friendly. Um, having people speak English was nice. That was the first time we traveled to a country where English was the first language. And, yeah. and that was that was actually a culture shock in itself because everyone can understand you. And it's it's like, oh, I'm in a foreign place, but it's actually everyone can communicate properly. So that, that right. was nice. And it was just beautiful. I mean, I, when you think of Ireland, you think of green grass, beautiful mountains, and it's, it really has that. So that was definitely one of my favorite places. Yeah. I have to agree with Matt for Prague, especially because it's just so romantic and all the cobblestone streets and the castles and la mm. la la. And it's so pretty, especially for couples. But I think that I would also have to recommend Vietnam. And the reason I recommend it is because I mentioned that I loved when we backpacked through there and it made our relationship even stronger by doing that. And, you know, Vietnam is such a crazy country, like in a good way, because so many things are just thrown at you and then you have to take it in and just kind of like accept it and then go about your life. And it, and it really just like, it, it just creates memories for you as a couple with someone. And, and you're just able to look back on that and be like, remember this, when this ridiculous thing happened in Vietnam? Oh yeah, of course. How could I forget? And it's just an incredible place. And it is really, really beautiful and kind of underrated. So I would have to give Vietnam as my option. Nice. So those are two countries that have some like very different cultures, different ends <laughs> of the spectrum. When you were in Ireland, what what did you guys get up to when you were there? What was the best thing that you did, you feel? Whoa. Um, well, I mean, Ireland is just so beautiful and we did not see nearly enough, but we did see a lot. I would have to say maybe Galway was my favorite place in Ireland. It's just like this quaint little town almost, like it's kind of a city, but it's in my eyes, it's a town and mm-hmm. it's just adorable. All like the colors everywhere and the cobblestone streets and the little alleyways and all the restaurants and stuff you can go to. And, um, there's also like this row of houses on the water. And I can't remember the name of what they are. 
Uh, but they're really, really pretty to look at, and it's just a wonderful little city slash town to walk around in. So I think that was one of my favorite parts of Ireland. Yeah, I just love um, driving around. Like yeah, there was yeah. just no one on the road. Like we were driving through the entire country for we were there for a week, and it just felt like we like when when you go to certain places, you're just surrounded by tourists, other people like locals. Yeah. I felt like Ireland. It was just us. Like we were the only people <laughs> on the road. We could just pull over at any moment and just explore this beautiful mountain and beach and no one would be there. It was just like we had the entire place to ourselves. And that was just and that was just something that you don't feel in a lot of places because they're overtaken by tourists. Right. Um, like like, for example, uh, Prague in the summer, it's like you can't even move if you go to the touristy areas. It's just tons and tons of people. And it's still beautiful, but it kind of, you know, it, it changes the experience a little bit when you have to push your way to see something. But in Ireland, I felt like there was just nobody, no tourists. And we also went in like October. So it wasn't probably the peak tourist season, but honestly, I recommend going to places when it's not the peak tourist season. Gotcha. Yeah. And then Vietnam, what was the best thing that you guys did there? Um, well, just, I think when like Vietnam is such a diverse country, we lived in Ho Chi Minh city when we were there, which is like a city with 12 million people. It's this huge metropolitan city. Um, it's a little polluted. There's just tons of traffic and it's crazy. And, and a lot of people like maybe go to Vietnam and they go to those major cities like Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh city. And that's really all they get out of it. I would 100 percent recommend going through all of the cities, all of the town, not all of the towns, that's too many, but like all the big cities in Vietnam and really getting a feel of it. Because like from one city to the next, it's a completely different world. We went from like once we went to from Ho Chi Minh to Mune. So you go from this big metropolitan city to this small beach town. Then you go to Dalat, which is in the mountains. Like it's like high up in the mountains and it's and it's much cooler and relaxed and it's like a totally different place. And just each city just had its own vibe to it. And I think that was really, really cool. Like it was one of the coolest experience because you never felt it kind of felt like you were going to a different country each time you arrived in a new city. Mm -hmm. Nice. So closing out this part of our interview. Do you have any other advice that you would give couple travelers out there? Hmm. I would say just be flexible and kind of just take what comes at you because when when traveling so much happens. Like so, <laughs> so anything can happen like especially in developing countries like Vietnam, Thailand, places like that. Like so many things can go wrong, but honestly, you're, you're probably safe as long as you have your significant other, as long as you're, you know, you're not in any danger. Things usually will work out. So just don't, don't freak out. Just chill. And usually things will work out and really just let, let things happen as, as they go. Right. And like any relationships, whether you're traveling or not, just remember to support each other. Like when Matt had diarrhea in Ninh Binh, Vietnam, yeah. I wasn't like, oh my God, disgusting, Matt. This is over. Like that was not what was happening. I was just like, okay, lady, pull over, you know, and I'm yeah. helping him so he can like get past this, you know? For so sure. I was always supporting him and we're always supporting each other no matter what nonsense comes our way. Definitely support each other. And just roll with the punches. Excellent, guys. How? Now let's let's get into your blog and your podcast. Uh, starting off, where did the name Words with Winos come from? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, so we actually in Vietnam we were taking a lot of long bus rides when we were traveling through the country, and I never listened to podcasts in my life. It was always just music. But Marilyn was listening to podcasts to learn Spanish. So I thought, hmm, let me check out if there's any cool like travel podcast 
or something like that. So I found this podcast called The World Wanderers, and I like their podcast, and I was listening to them talk about their travels, and I told Marilyn, like, hey, we can totally do this. We have some really awesome stories. We've been traveling for a while now. Like, let's create a podcast. It's a lot of fun. But we didn't want to just talk about it. We wanted to kind of throw something else in there. I have a little spin in it. So I think I just came up with, let's drink an entire bottle of wine while doing the podcast and that we have to finish the bottle before <laughs> the podcast is over. Yeah. So um, then the name, we kind of just sat down for a little bit and just threw a bunch of names around. We actually came up with like worldly winos first, but we found out that that was already taken um, by someone who travels the world and, and just tastes fancy wine. So we Rude. couldn't do that. And then we just <laughs> eventually came up with words with winos. Yeah. Awesome. So the concept with the podcast is you choose a travel theme or a travel topic, you crack open a bottle of wine, and you discuss the, the topic together. And like you said, you need to finish the bottle of wine before the conversation is over. Where, so you, you, you touched a little bit about uh, why you guys started the podcast. Can you go into a little bit more detail about starting a podcast while traveling what have been the challenges for you guys to be able to to put out a podcast episode regularly consistently uh and, and specifically for those of our those in our audience that want to start a podcast but are a bit deterred away from it because of the time and effort to put into it while they're traveling very good question. It does take a lot of time and effort, as you mentioned, like anything that you want to do well, but it's totally worth it, um, even with the obstacles that come along with it. It's like things just come up in your life. Like, for example, right now we are working a lot at our online job and we're working so much and we're exhausted and then we go to the gym and then we eat dinner and then like, oh, okay, it's 9 p.m. Now, like, I want to go to sleep. But we still, like, make the time to do the podcast. And honestly, adding a bottle of wine does make it more interesting. <laughs> yeah. So that definitely helps. But I mean, just, you know, even when life throws things at you, you kind of just have to, you know, brace them like you would in any case and still make the time for your podcast or blog or whatever you decide. Yeah. And if you want to start one, just go for it. You don't really yeah. need much. Uh, when we first started, we were recording the podcast on our iPhones and we and and honestly it didn't sound that great but it was good people were still listening so it must have been somewhat uh, listenable <laughs> <laughs> and um eventually we we upgraded a little bit we bought a microphone and we we downloaded like better editing systems but just go for it if you really want to talk about something don't worry about getting all the fancy gadgets start by recording on your phone if you like doing it then you can upgrade to a better microphone um, you do want to learn a little bit of maybe sound editing because so, well, actually at first we we recorded our first podcast and we realized we say uh and like and breathe a lot into the microphone I'm like this this is annoying to listen to if with headphones and it's it's really painful to listen to so I definitely like get a little um, help with like watch some YouTube videos on how to edit on Audacity or one of those sound editing programs. They're they're su it's super easy to do. So you can probably learn in a few days. Um, yeah, and just if if you want to do it, just go for it. It's really there's really nothing holding you back. The, um, like Marilyn said, with uh, traveling, like sometimes we don't have time. Like when we first started, we would release an episode and then wouldn't release one for months, and then like maybe we would release like three in like two weeks, and then we would wait a few months, and it was really inconsistent. Now we're trying to do every week. That's a little hard. 
Uh, if you have a, especially if you have a, a full time job or a job and a bottle of wine, in yeah, there. and a bottle of wine, <laughs> yeah, drunk around our podcasts, and then yeah. we have to edit it. Marilyn has to write up the blog post for it, so it's it, it's definitely it takes a lot of work. But if you're willing to do it, go for it. And I would say try to shoot for like maybe every other week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good goal. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to start small and and scale up as opposed to start, you know, releasing daily and then decide, you know what, I can't do this and then start to scale down. Uh, a couple of things you guys mentioned there, which I really liked was, uh, first off, you don't need much to start. Every smartphone has a recorder. You can start with that. And Audacity, like you said, is a free software that helps you edit. It's easy to use. Uh, and you can start with that. That's all you need to start. Uh, another thing you said was, you guys, um, it can be really time consuming and to take time out of your day to sit down and record a podcast. I really like how your, your guys, uh, podcast is just you two talking and it's something you would do any night anyways. Mm-hmm. And then to add on top of that, having a bottle of wine together is just something that just makes the, the podcast makes your night that much better. So I, I really, really enjoy what you guys are doing over there. And uh, thanks. It's really awesome. So I want to talk about a little bit of wine now. Uh, <laughs> through your travels and recording the podcast, has it been ever difficult to find a bottle of wine for your podcast? Or do you kind of work around that and you find a bottle of wine and then you decide to record a podcast? Well, usually, I mean, everywhere we've gone, pretty much red wine has been readily available, which is very convenient. Um, but I do remember once we recorded an episode actually with Nomadic Matt, and we had a bottle of wine that was completely in Japanese because we were in Japan. Yep. And we didn't really realize that that was stupid because we were like, oh, well, now we can't say what the name of this is. But <laughs> but we haven't really had any issues finding any wine. We kind of um, maybe, I mean, it depends on which podcast it is or whatever we're doing, I guess, where we decide before going grocery shopping, hey, we got to pick up a bottle of wine. We got to make a podcast. Or when we're grocery shopping, oh, let's buy a bottle of wine. So, I mean, it just kind of depends, but... We never forget the wine. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's so many options. Like mm-hmm. anywhere we go in the world, there's just so many types. Like we try to never drink the same bottle of wine, even though there's no way we remember like a wine uh, we would buy today that we drank maybe two years ago. But there's just so many kinds. Like we go to the wine section in grocery stores, and there's pff, hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of bottles. And any any country or city we go to, there's different kinds. Like some city might have their own special wine. Some country might have their own special wine. So there's always something new to try. And yeah, it's an un, pretty much an unlimited amount of options. Um, sometimes I think in Asia, it's harder to find white wine, but we like red wine more, so it's not a problem. <laughs> so have you tried any uh, strange wines on your podcast, like uh, getting into uh, like Korean rice wine or something even stranger than that? Not on our podcast. We we pretty much stick to basic red wine. Like there was nothing crazy we have ever tried. But I remember in Thailand, we this was before our podcast, but we bought a bottle of red wine. It was Thailand. It was from Thailand, and I think it was the most disgusting thing I ever drank in my life. Like it, it was like their wine. I mean, they're not known for having red wine, but I right. thought, what the hell? I mean, we're here. Why not try it? 
and it I it, it was really bad. It tasted like you were drinking poison, like maybe like a, a liquor type of wine, but it was supposed to be just a regular red wine. So that that wasn't fun. But I will, on the opposite spectrum of that, we actually, when we were in Vietnam, I feel like I've said that so many times in this episode, (laughs) but anyway, um, when we were in Vietnam, I think the first or second episode that we recorded, we we drank Dalat wine, and Dalat is a city in Vietnam where we actually visited while we were backpacking, and it's the mountainous one, and we drank it, and we were like, this is so good and we were totally thrown aback at how good it is because everyone's like oh yes you have to drink the french and italian wines to be fancy and then we drank wine and we were like this is really good good job vietnam so that was a surprise (laughs) that's great and then on the other side of that do you have a uh, region or a country specific wine that you guys really enjoy uh no not me (laughs) I'll i'll drink anything yeah i guess that's true Spanish wines, Italian wines, and Chilean wines. They're really good, too. Gotcha. Okay. So then once <laughs> you guys have recorded a podcast episode and um, you're, you've made a blog post, how do you guys go about getting that out there into the world and getting more people to listen and read? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, so like when we first started, we were on SoundCloud. I remember like we we would release an episode and we would get like one or two listens like for weeks like no one was listening. We would we would put it on Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. Like we would just throw our episodes out anywhere, any social network possible, Instagram, we would use hashtags and everything, but no one was listening. And just slowly people started listening. I think it's kind of like one episode that kind of maybe will spark interest and then have people listen to more episodes because uh, we've noticed that actually, again, like Marilyn said, backpacking Vietnam, like that was the episode. We did two episodes on that, like part one and part two. Everyone watches those two specific episodes. And I think those two episodes bring a lot of, um, a lot of audience to the rest of our episodes. So mm-hmm. I think there's just something out there. It's like kind of like a viral video, like people who put videos out there and maybe are never famous until they have that one really famous video. And then that's kind of what sparks them. Um, I mean, we're not like that popular or anything, but <laughs> we've noticed that like a lot of people do listen to our episodes now. And it's, it's really cool to see, like, we're not doing this for nothing. I mean, we love doing it anyway. If no one was listening, we'd probably keep doing it, but mm-hmm. it definitely helps that people are listening. And also we just, we're trying to like kind of put ourselves on everything. Like we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube. Uh, we actually started putting our podcast on YouTube as well. Um, we're kind of just everywhere. And I think that helps because if one person finds one, like if someone's on Facebook and sees that your Wars of Winos, that'll link them to this. So kind of just get yourself out there on every social network platform there is. Yeah, it's very good. So I, I like that what you said there that, I mean, you, you can put episodes out there and you're not going to get many people listening at the beginning. So what do you want to say to that, that uh, maybe person out there that's starting a new project, whether it's a blog, podcast, and they're discouraged because they've just started and they're not getting a lot of people listening, reading, watching, whatever it is. What can you say to that person to keep them going? I would say that if you really like it, 
then keep doing it. Don't worry so much about the viewers and the listeners and what have you. If you really enjoy it, keep doing it. Keep doing research on and seeing like how you can improve your blog or your podcast and see things that would make it better and more enjoyable for people to read or to listen to. Um, and you'll notice that your numbers will go up. Actually, one of the things that Matt just learned recently was that um, if you go to, what is it called? Google what? Google Trends. Google Trends. Those are the best kind of hashtags to use on your podcasts or blogs or blah, blah, blah. And if you just use what Google Trends are saying, then more people are likely to go visit your page. So you can use that too. Um, you know, just don't get discouraged. Keep your head up and just keep putting out content, really just keep putting out good content and keep trying and you'll do fine. Yeah. And I also like to like look at people who are successful and see yeah. what they do. I mean, uh, we've, we kind of just started doing YouTube maybe about a year ago and like no one was watching our videos, but you just start looking at people who kind of do travel vlogs or do videos about uh, traveling who have like thousands of subscribers or just are really popular and just watch what they do. I mean, don't, you don't want to copy it word for word, obviously, but you can definitely take their ideas and apply it to your own and see what works because if it's working for them, it could work for you and really just, yeah, keep doing it. As long as you're, you're enjoying it, who, who really cares who's watching? It's, it's really all about enjoying yourself and being happy. Yeah, and along the lines of that too, um, network, you know, get talking with people in your community, in your niche of whatever you're deciding to do. Like we are right now, we're talking to you, Mike. We're networking, we're doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's definitely a good idea to get your name out there and talk to other people and get to know people because we've made friends all over the world with this and it's been extremely rewarding in just that section too. Definitely. Okay. And social media wise what do you feel has been the best generator of traffic to your to your website i would say it could be either facebook or twitter um just because we have a lot of friends on facebook and when they like it then they can share it and then more people all of their friends will see it and it's kind of like a straightforward thing um and twitter too because there are a lot of people that have like at least in our niche, you know, traveling people that are also on Twitter and they'll just retweet and like, and then all these other people are seeing it and they're doing the same. So I've honestly noticed that it's mainly Facebook and Twitter that is where it's at for us. But I mean, it's also different with a lot of people. I know a lot of people swear by like Google Plus or something. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Or people swear on like stumble upon. And I'm like, I use that like three times. I don't even know what's going on there. But, but like you can get traffic from those places places and it can really work for you. So I mean it just it just really depends on what you like to and what you put all of your stuff on. Definitely. Yeah. So what what advice can you give a couple out there that wants to start making travel a part of their lifestyle more? Hmm. <laughs> um if I mean I think they should just go do it. I mean I know that's pretty basic advice but if you want to travel, you'll find a way to do it. Um, I mean, there's the American lifestyle is it's harder to travel, uh, especially if you have like a nine to five job, because I know a lot of my friends at home do have a, a nine to five job and they really only get five to 10 days vacation. So they're not really able to travel that much. Like one of my friends, um, he has uh, I think he has 10 days vacation and he always visits us wherever we are 
with those 10 days. So if you really want to make travel a part of your life and you're living in America or a Western country where you don't have too much time off, definitely take those, uh, take advantage of those holidays and those vacation times. Go do something. Don't just stay at home and watch TV. Just go out and do it. On the weekends, there's always something new to discover. I mean, no matter where you live, you two days off, you can drive 10 hours and see something completely different. So take advantage of the time you have and that's it. <laughs> Definitely. Excellent advice. So what's next for Words with Winos? Uh, well, we're just kind of doing, keep doing what we're doing, making podcasts. Um, we're really, I mean, I'm anyway kind of really getting into YouTube lately uh, and making videos because what we one thing we really regret is that we didn't make travel videos years ago like when we were in Thailand, Vietnam, South Korea, Japan, Taiwan, all these countries in Asia we made no travel videos and we had some amazing amazing stories and amazing times but we didn't catch pretty much most of it on video and I think as we progressed with our podcasts and everything we started creating videos and now it's amazing, but we, that's one thing we definitely regret, regret is not filming earlier, but that's what kind of we're, we're focusing on is YouTube, getting our podcast out there more, um, kind of just speaking with other travelers. That's like Marilyn mentioned, that's really helpful networking and just, yeah, we're, we're really enjoying ourselves and just keep traveling. I mean, the more you travel, the more credibility you have. So, like, if you want to start a travel blog and you've only been to one place, I mean, not many people will follow you or, or watch over you. So, definitely, the more you travel, the more helpful it is for your blog and podcast and videos. Definitely. Excellent. Well, there you have it. Matt and Marilyn of Words with Winos sharing their travel stories with you today on the To the Nations Worldwide Travel Couple Podcast. I want to say a very special thank you to Matt and Marilyn for joining me on this episode. Thank you so much, guys. Yes, yeah, thank, thank you. you so much for having us. We had so much fun. Yeah, it's great. So I just want to hand the floor over to the two of you and just let our audience know where they can check you out, what's the best way to reach you, anything you want to tell us. All right. Get your pens and papers ready, everyone. <laughs> so you can find us at our blog, which is our main hub for everything, which is www.wordswithwinos.com and you can find us on Libsyn which is where all of our podcasts are you can find us on YouTube Facebook, Twitter Instagram, Snapchat sometimes Google Plus sometimes uh, what's the other one stumble upon um, and we're all just words with winos except for Twitter where words with winos underscore because someone already had that name am I missing anything Matt? <laughs> No, I think that's it. That's definitely just search words with finals and you can find everything. Yeah, and you can chat with us on pretty much anything and we'll answer you. Thank you to all of our listeners out there to the nations worldwide. We cannot express our appreciation enough for having you listen to this episode. Visit us at travelcouplepodcast.com slash 12 for this particular show notes for this episode. Leave a comment on the page. We'll be sure to get back to you. If you'd be so kind, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. We'll make sure to consistently deliver you valuable information about the world of travel. This is Mike Fletz and Natalie hoping you have a wonderful adventure to the nations worldwide.